This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to First Time Dads. I am Richard Innes. And I'm Steve Mile. And um, today we are very pleased and very privileged to be in a very special house, which will mean for um, one very specific reason, an awful lot to all manner of different children. Yes. Uh, 50 years ago, there was a knock on the door at this house and uh, a little girl and her mum answered it and stood there in the door. It was a tiger. <laughs> and he came in and he had tea. Uh, and so came the tiger who came to tea book written by Judith who we're delighted to have on the podcast today. Uh, 50 years, 5 million books. Um, she's also written the Mog series of books. Um, and when Adolf Hitler stole the pink rabbit, um, which uh, add up to sales of 10 million. Judith, thank you very much for welcoming us in. And thank you for the plate of biscuits, which we promise not to eat all of. Oh, well, you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, firstly, can you tell us a little bit about how the book came into being? Uh, well, it was purely a, a bedtime story I made up for my daughter who was then two going on three I made up all sorts of stories for her but um, she was quite critical uh, and she used to say talk the tiger in a very bossy way and so I kept telling her that story and um, I think she probably edited it a bit because you can always tell when they're bored, they start scratching themselves and looking out of the window. And um, so it, it it got very precise in the end, uh, so much so that um, I, 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 I could just remember every word uh, five years later when both my children had gone to school and stayed to lunch, which is the first time you really have time to yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, so then I thought, well, why don't I make it and try to make it into a picture book? I'd never done a picture book, but I thought it would be interesting mm -hmm. to do. And um, that's what I did. Why a tiger? Um, I think... Uh, we, we both always loved cats, and I think we'd been to the zoo, and we both thought a tiger was the most wonderful thing. Um, I mean, they're so beautiful. And, um, okay, you know, they eat people, but only <laughs> if there's nothing else. <laughs> Fortunately, that is so not the book. Yes. There's no need to mention that. No. Uh, to a two-year-old. Yeah. It wasn't what I thought either. You just saw this creature, and it's uh, it's just so beautiful. Mm. Orange and white and stripes yes. and... Uh, you know, the, the ears and the face and everything is, is just so beautiful. Mm. And then uh, my husband, who was a scriptwriter, uh, uh, had written a film for Olivier. And he was out all the time uh, with 
the uh, director filming and we were very bored at home, Tacey, my daughter and I, and um, we sort of, we wished, we wished somebody would come. And uh, so I made up this story and a tiger seemed to be a perfectly good choice mm. for somebody to come. So it has proven to be. What, what, I'm curious because it's been 50 years since, since you wrote this book. Yes. And here we are half a century later yeah. and young fathers like myself and Steve, well, youngish, young fathers such Steve. as myself and Steve with, yes. with very young children are still finding this book captivating and our children are still loving it. What is it you think about the book that has made it stand the test of time? I can only think that it's because um, I, I, I really sort of tailor-made it for my daughter, mm. who was then two going on three, and um, she must have been a very typical two-year-old. Mm. Um, I mean, all the business of going out in the dark, for instance. Mm. I didn't know children loved going out in the dark. Uh, my daughter was crazy about it. Um, even before she spoke much, she she would point to the front door uh, at night and uh, because we'd taken her out on the pram when she was little because we were painting a new flat and uh, we used to be late at night and drive and take her home in the pram uh, and she would stand at the front of the pram like the captain of a ship mm. and gaze at the world with which was dark with mm. lights on mm. and uh, so I think there's a bit in the book uh, which is something like uh, and they went out in the dark and all the street lamps were lit and all the cars had their lights on. Mm. Well, I would never have dreamt of writing that if mm. it hadn't been for this child. Um, and obviously, um, it appeals to other children. Yes. I miss that now. I, I don't have a... I don't have a four-year-old or a five-year-old. We could have bought you a ten-month-old <laughs> and a twenty-two-month-old, which well, would, you know you might have regretted. Yes, indeed. well, I'm mm. sure I wouldn't regret it, but I would, I would really need to know it as well as you do. Mm. Um, we think, I find it very, sorry, Steve. I was just going to say I find it very interesting that we're talking about the fact that this, that the book you wrote for your daughter so long ago, that it's still. It still reflects the typical childhood, mm. like a typical childhood for an average child today. Yeah, and I think so much is made of how how the world has changed and how children have changed in that time. There's, and yet, perhaps your book indicates that maybe childhood isn't as different as it used to be. Do, mm. do you think that things have changed for children? Well, some things, I suppose, have changed, but um, I don't know. I found, for instance, um, thinking about my my children um, in one of the. I, I remember a line in in one of the mock books, um, which is based purely on on my son, uh, uh, who was then about eight, I suppose. Um, it's 
something I don't think is particularly funny, but I knew he would think was terribly funny at that age, which is that um, Mog catches a burglar, you know, as she does, um, and uh, a policeman comes, and I, he says, um, I've never known a watchdog. I've known a watch watch dogs, but I've never known a watch cat. Well, I don't think that's particularly, uh, you know, shatteringly funny. <laughs> but I knew that children of that age, certainly mm. uh, my son, would think who, who liked words mm. would think it was very funny. Mm. And so I put it in, and of course I miss that now. I don't mm. have anything like that. He's busy writing novels. <laughs> yeah, successfully as well. Yes, very successfully. He's just written a history of Rome that's mm. done very well. That's very proud. Yes, I'm very, very proud. <laughs> I, looking back at the looking at the book, which is read every day in our household at the moment, um, there's nothing that ages it um, really. I mean, we don't have sort of a grocer's boy any anymore. No, we may have it may have to be a you know an Acardo delivery driver <laughs> these days. Yes, um, milkman not so much. People don't tend to have milkman postman around, but. You know, it's interesting. Fifty years on, if you offered a small boy or girl sausages, chips, and ice cream for dinner, they'd bite your hand off. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that hasn't changed. Uh, I don't know. Do they? Uh, do you have to change it, uh, the boy from the grocer and the milkman? I I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't. When think... you read it, you can Be- still read it. Yeah, because those people don't really exist in my son's life mm. no. now. No. It doesn't really matter. No, it's you know it. It's just as it, he just li- he likes the tiger. Yes, they're sort of periphery characters. Yes, but it's the tiger that he's interested in. Yes, um, and the food. Yes, of course, bun, bun. He says bun a lot. Yes, um, uh, and daddy. You know, when yes. daddy comes home because I still do as Rich does. We daddies do come home. Well, work, yeah. when, particularly when children are that age, mm. uh, they, they do come home. Mm. Mm. I don't like the idea that you could still whisk your child up into his raincoat and take him down the road to the cafe yes. and give him ice cream and chips while yeah. still in his pyjamas without having had a bath. Yes. It's, it's you know, it's a lovely well, romantic idea. Well, yes, and I think um, Daddy coming home uh, was rather a good dramatic thing because, uh, well, in fact, uh, Tom, my husband, didn't come home. He was home. He he was a scriptwriter. Mm. He, he was upstairs. But even so... Um, I would be, I I looked after the children, Mm. uh, because he had deadlines, Mm. Um, but when he appeared, uh, it's a very good thing, actually, Mm. if daddies are away for a bit and then appear, because it's something happening, and sometimes, I think, um, they see things that mummy has just got so used to, that she doesn't see it. For instance, um, my daughter, when she was about 
five, I suppose, four or five. Um, she was frightened at, at night. Um, she'd get for a bit, you know, when she'd gone to bed. And she'd call out and I'd go in and say, you know, everything's all right. And this got a bit burdensome. <laughs> and so uh, we organized it so that I said that she'd just shout hello and I would shout hello back, uh, which was fine. I like this. <laughs> and I used to do this even when we had dinner parties. So we'd be sitting there and suddenly there'd be a little hello and I'd say, hello. <laughs> um, and um, after a while, um, my husband said, um, do you think this is still necessary? You know, it's just been going on for quite a long time, which hadn't occurred to me. And so I, I had a word with Tacey and said, do you think, um, I mean, you know we are not, we are, we're here now. Do you think perhaps um, we could stop this? And she said, oh, yes, all right. Um, but it hadn't occurred to me. Mm. We needed somebody else mm. to see this. Mm, yes. Uh, so uh, I think uh, somebody coming in on a on a routine is, yeah. is is very useful. I think my wife actually would would agree with that because at the moment she is at home full time yes. with, with our with our yes. son. And actually when I come in the door sometimes it's I, I sense the relief from both her and my son. Yes. So he comes in and I get it's the highlight of my day every day the big yes. beaming smile I get when he yes. sees his dad come in yes. the door which is lovely. Yes. Also for my wife, it's okay, the pressure is off her yes. to an extent where yes. she can hand him to me now yes. okay, and she can do the of things course. she hasn't been able to do. Yes. We, um, I picked my son up from nursery, so I'm at home in the evenings yes. waiting for my wife to come home. And in the summer, my wife sends me a message to say that she's gone off the station and she's walking home. Yes. And when he was very little, we used to put him in his sling and carry him and meet her halfway. Yes. And in the summer, we sit with the front door open on the step, watching for mummy to yes. come up the path across yes. the road and now in the dark he stands on a plastic box in our bedroom with his hands on the windowsill looking out yes. for mummy so I guess the change might be that mummies are coming home as much as daddies are coming home yes but in somebody's coming home yeah, yeah. somebody yeah. somebody knew mm. rather than uh, both sort of vaguely exhausted at the end of the day <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, vaguely exhausted. Yeah. I think um, that's a polite um, description of it. Yeah, I think. There's, some, <laughs> there's some wonderful illustrations of um, a dad in I think Mog the Forgetful Cat, where the dad says, "Bother that cat," and he looks very much like I feel sometimes. <laughs> so it's you know shirt as askew and you know yes. ruffled face and you know yes. hasn't maintained his you know grooming for a while, <laughs> shall we say? <laughs> I guess that's a very familiar, that'd be familiar to parents who are listening and read the books. Indeed. Um, there was one thing I wanted to ask, Judith, was in relation to the, the children's books of today, because yes. as, we, as we've said a few times, you know, the tiger who came to tea has endured in such a way over the course of 50 years. Do you look at children's books today and feel that they're very different to what you were trying to write back then in the 1960s? Um. Well, I, I probably look more at children's books by not exactly my contemporaries, because I'm older than anybody else. <laughs> but, you know, through young people in their 70s and 80s. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, 
do. I mean, uh, Axel Scheffler, yep. uh, the books mm-hmm. are timeless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are very popular in our house too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, they're, they're wonderful. Mm-hmm. Eric Cole, we like Eric Cole's um, uh, Caterpillar in our house. Yes. And um, But we've just started to get into um, uh, a, a newish children's author, Oliver Jeffers. Yes. Who, who we ha- who had been on the podcast talking about. Um, I think, Rich, you know, we, we like his new book is Explaining the World oh, to... I don't know that. Yeah, mm. it's Explaining the World to a New Child. Yeah. And I, I was comparing it to your book, which is, it's just, it's an escapism. It's, it's, a, it's a lovely story I, and it doesn't appear to be tackling anything deeper no. than... A tiger coming for tea, <laughs> yes. um, and this lovely domestic setup, which everyone will be familiar with, of you know a little girl having a bath or not, as the case mm-hmm. may be, having having dinner, a dad and a mum, and mm-hmm. a, and that kind of setup. Whereas Oliver's book looks at the earth and how everybody is different faces and different religions, and you know the sea and the land and what lives under the sea and what lives on the land. And it's a it's a it's a big book in terms of the, the subject matter. We're not missing anything, are we, with the tiger that came to tea? There's not a, a underlying message that you're trying to that you've been trying to get get through to us, and we're just sit, reading it about a tiger. That, oh yes, that's it. People, uh, um, uh, yes, Michael Rosen, uh, who, whom I love dearly and uh, who's probably done me a lot of good by raising this possibility of it being the Gestapo. Okay. Um, but it, 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 it isn't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right. I, I have no experience of the Gestapo. Anyhow, okay. I'm very lucky we mm. got out before anything happened. Mm. I never saw anything bad. So um, We should at this point probably inform people who are listening who don't know Judith's background is that you came to the UK, to England... Uh, when your father, who I think was a, a satirical writer or illustrator, yes, he upset writer. a writer, yes, upset yes. Uh, Adolf Hitler, yes, and very was much told because, he had to get out, basically. Well, he was warned. It was very lucky. It was actually before Hitler came to power, mm. uh, the February before. Uh, I think he won the elections on the 5th of March, 1933, and uh, my father was warned by a policeman, um, I still don't know who it was, mm. uh, who just rang him up and said, get out at once, they're mm. trying to get to take your passport away. Mm. So he did, um, even though he had flu. And, mm. and then um, he wanted my mother and brother and me to get out before the elections because he thought that Hitler would hang on to us to get him mm. back because they, I mean, he was on their sort of first death list and everything wow. like mm. that. And so she did that. She was wonderful. Mm. Um, and we got out to Switzerland the day before the elections. And in fact, the day after the elections at eight o'clock in the morning, we heard that they'd come to our house to demand all our passports. Wow. So uh, I am very, very lucky. I had this very long life mm, yes. because of that, because yes. my mum got us out. And, uh, yeah. Can I ask, I'm, I'm sorry, this is changing the subject of us slightly from, from the subject of the book, but when you hear 
with someone with your background, when you hear today um, people talking about Donald Trump and there's all these casual comparisons to fascism and people talk about the idea of, uh, you know, these comparisons, you, you get people spouting all sorts of things about Donald Trump is like Hitler or he's like this or he's like that. Yes. Does that make you very uncomfortable in terms of having been somebody who was close to that, the reality of that, and you have people who maybe don't know a lot about the history of that now making those casual comparisons? Well, I don't think anybody knows who Donald Trump is, including Donald Trump. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Very, Great answer. Yeah, that's a very good answer. <laughs> that's a very, very good answer. Yeah. Nice, nicely done. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, but I, you, you, do you but think... I, I obviously uh, see people waving swastikas about mm. uh, in, in Germany, and uh, um, uh, but uh, so far, uh, I think that the Dutch resisted their, mm -hmm. their mm. takeover, Thank and you, yes, uh, yeah. uh, the Germans seem to be tidying things up, mm -hmm. I see today. Angela Merkel thinks she can, she can uh, uh, make a, uh, a new government. Mm. Um, I think. I I don't think you could. Probably get. Anything like that again. Mm. But. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about history, whether there have always been movements a bit like that. Mm. Uh, do, you, do you think it's, you know, with telling stories to children, do you, the escapism that it gives children, the imagination, when you're, when you're coming up with your stories that, you're gonna, that, that are read by parents to children and by children, do you come, come at it from um, thinking about what a ch child would like? You, you mentioned how you came about the time you came to tea, and that's very much Tacey seemed to have edited it for you. Presumably she doesn't edit your books now. <laughs> uh, no, well, it's changed uh, for me because I, I no longer have access to this, this, this information from children. Um, so it used to be very much, I used to know what would amuse a child mm. and... Uh, what would interest them, amuse, is really more yes. a word at that age. Uh, and I miss that, but so that now um, what I do is is different. Mm. It's, um, I, I, I write books and, and draw. I mean, the drawing is, is, is paramount. I like to draw. Yes. I, I'm a drawer, really, okay. basically, not a writer. I write enough, mm. you know, to be able to do the drawings. <laughs> Which is around um, in the words, yes. Uh, um, yes, nowadays I, I think of something that amuses me mm. and that I hope will amuse other people, like, like mm, Katinka's mm. Tale. Um, your, your latest book? It's, 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 it's fun to think of a, of, a, of a cat having a magic tail, and she's around somewhere, she's got a tail like that. Well, we'll keep cat. her eyes out for her, uh, we do. Yeah. So, um... Does she eat does, everything? It change. Does, does Katinka eat 
at the same velocity that the tiger does? No, um, she's quite fussy. Okay. Uh, and uh, but she has, um, uh, she, 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 if you're on, a, I mean, we we've always had cats and we had children and house full of people, and the cats just sort of got on with things and uh, were fed at regular times twice a day, I think. Well, Katinka, um, you've got a one-to-one -one relationship, <laughs> and it's um, uh, she has endless snacks. Who's in charge? Continue. Oh, well, Katinka. Um, I mean, for instance, she, she... I don't quite know how cats do this, because uh, they're all into power. Uh, and... For instance, she does this thing that um, when she wants to go out of the front door, well, obviously I open the door for her, but the back door has got a cat flap, so there is no need for anybody to do anything. But somehow uh, she's got me to do this thing. She goes to the back door and she looks at me, and then she looks out through the cat flap and she waits. <laughs> And then I open, I get the key, and I open the back door, and she walks out like a person. <laughs> and she, she leaps back through the cat flap. If I'm not there, she can go out through the cat flap. But somehow, and I don't quite know how, somehow she has brought this to pass. <laughs> that, uh, she sounds like I cat royalty. To... She, sounds like a, she sounds like cat royalty. Demanding, kind of waiting for her servants to open so. the door. Yes, I think this is how, this is how she sees it. <laughs> um, My uh, cat is very similar, I must admit, at home. The cat I have at home is very similar, a bit of a princess and requires yes, certain, certain things certain airs need and graces. to be done. Yes, yes. yes. Um, um, I, I should point out at this point, actually, if, um, if you ever do have a tiger come to tea and you find your cupboards bare for, you know, much yes, like... Much like, like in the book. book um, there is there is a service which may, which may be of use. Um, Hello Fresh, the uh, the guys who deliver deliver food to your doorstep. Um, Steve, you tried it, haven't you? Yep, it's very good. Um, yeah, if you are uh, a new parent and you're a bit time poor, as we all are, seem to be anyway, it's uh, certainly an option for you. It definitely is. You get you get your recipes, you get your food. It's all very very easy. We've both done it actually, and um, heartily recommend it. Um, you can actually, if you're interested, you can try HelloFresh with 50% off your first two boxes using the code DADS. That's a special code just for listeners of this podcast. So D-A-D-S. Um, and yeah, if you just go to hellofresh.co.uk, use that code DADS, you'll get 50% off your first two boxes. Um, right, back to the Tiger Kentity and, and Judith. Um, Judith, I'm very curious about the idea of, you mentioned that when you write, when you've written all the books, you've been you've been uh, kind of focused on what will amuse children. Steve and I were talking before before we got to your house here about the idea that perhaps there isn't enough time now. Children aren't given enough time to be amused, to be children. Um, and sometimes I think I look back when I speak, when I used to speak to my grandmother or when I speak to my, to my parents about the idea that there's a lot of pressure on children at a very young age now. And there's all, we're as parents, we're all told about these fears and these concerns and there's Seems to be a lot of paranoia around mm. parenting. Do you do you worry when you look that maybe children aren't given the opportunity to, to just be children and just to enjoy themselves these days? Um, I, I'm not sure how much I know about it. Um, 
my grandchildren live in Rome. Mm-hmm. And oh, wow. so um, I see them. Now they're teenager. Mm. I feel that I am really in touch with them and I can talk to them. And it's wonderful. Uh, but when they were small, um, you don't really um, know enough about them because mm. you see them uh, probably a couple of times a year. I mean, they, they always came here in the summer for two or three weeks, but then it's cut off again. Mm. Uh, and you go there, I, I used to go there the new year, um, now um, I see more of them anyway because they travel and I perhaps join them and um, but it's no help uh, at all uh, because they're they're 14 and 16 mm-hmm. uh, I, I love talking to them but they're quite grown up it sounds like they're in a quite a good position in terms of being able to be children in the sense they've got creative grandma and granddad um you will both work in the creative industry and, and your son and dad, and dad is a is a written novel yes so has got an imaginative creative mind so they don't sound like they've been in a better position to to have that kind of uh, imagination encouraged um i see when i go around with my son who's going to be uh, two in in march and I, I'm, not, I'm trying to be very careful not to judge that Jackson's in his buggy and he's looking out at the world. Yes. And he's seeing things coming. He's seeing cars. He's seeing cats. He's seeing men with diggers. He's not looking at a mobile phone no. playing a cartoon. And often you, you, I see that and I think, wow, you know, look, this, this child's only been on the planet mm. for 20 odd months. Yes. Doesn't necessarily need to be entertained by a cartoon, no. Um, but maybe I'm maybe I'm old-fashioned. Uh, well, I mean, grown-ups are much the same, aren't they? I mean, I, uh, I, 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 I go everywhere by tube, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, everybody's got uh, this little thing, mm-hmm. and they're looking at it, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, I, I look at the other people. Uh, I find it quite interesting. I sort of try to think whether couples would get on, whether whether they actually get on with each other. <laughs> and uh, uh, I I notice what sort of shoes they wear. And I, I love going on the tube because I see all mm. these people. Mm. I'm on my own at home normally. Mm. Um, I... Uh, and you're you're walking in the street, mm. and um, people almost bump into you uh, because they're mm. looking at yes. this this mm. little thing. And um, I sometimes think, you know, um, there could be a tiger in the street, and <laughs> nobody would see it except me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're the only one with any imagination left. I, I, I think well, it's just that I, I look. You look. Things. You look. Yeah. You look. Uh, I mean, like anybody who draws. I mean, all the other illustrators are the same. They, mm. they, 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 they look all the time, uh, and uh, it's very interesting. And you mm. see 
all sorts of things. Do you think there's a risk that there's a generation, perhaps, of children and young people who are missing out on that, who have, by, by being attached to their phones and their screens, are perhaps not being given the opportunity to develop that, that thought process? Um, I don't know. I, th I think um, some people uh, have a rule for their children, no screens on school days, mm. uh, which seems very sensible. So that uh, they they are, they still see the world. Mm. Um, well, we we gather books for my son. We read mm. to him. I would much rather, even though it might not be the most convenient sometimes, to sit with him on my lap mm. with a pile of books yes. and work our way through. And he'll point perhaps at Tiger who came for tea and say tea tea. Yes. Um, uh, or he'll there'll be a book that's got a fire engine in it somewhere, and yes. he'll say "una una" because that's yes, the noise. That's it, we, you know that it's in there. Or there's a a book about a witch where there's an explosion spell, mm. and it says "boom," and he'll point at the book and go "boom." Yes. Rather than wanting, uh, you know, a cartoon, and uh, yes. I, I like the closeness that it brings. Well, this is lovely, of course. Uh, on the other hand. Um, I am so old that uh, I remember when I was a child, um, people talked about uh, the way we talk about uh, cartoons and, and mobile phones and all the rest of it. People did talk like that about reading. I mean, there was this really? awful condemnation of a child. Always has his nose in a book. Okay. This was, uh, reading was not really, uh, uh, not everybody. Not to be uh, encouraged. Uh, well, it was overdone. Hmm. What was the suggestion that the child should have been doing? Instead climbing of trees. Climbing. climbing trees and running around? and. Uh, probably, hmm. yes. I'm not quite sure. I mean, uh, I, c I come from a sort of literary household, so nobody ever said, always has his nose in a book. But it was a very common thing you heard. Mm. Um, Isn't that bizarre that now it's it's the thing that people say children are missing? You can get your child to read. Yeah. You know, look, here's a book. Isn't yeah. it lovely? Yeah. Um, uh, that hasn't always been the case. You see, uh, mm. I think the reason is that uh, what children really want most is stories. Mm. And when I was a child, the only way you could get stories was by reading. There wasn't even any radio. Mm. There was nothing. Mm. So either you had your nose in a book or um, no stories. Yeah. Right, it. So it's, it's uh, I mean, uh, I have known children to walk to school reading. Hmm. a book uh, but uh, it, it wasn't so totally absorbing I think yeah. as as uh, mobile phones I'm just trying to think on. maybe because I've had my phone my head buried in my phone the last time I saw a child sat on a bus or on a train reading a book yes. rather than looking at their phone I mean I'm like you know I'm not necessarily a, a, a good the person to ask for because again I've been looking at my phone I mean of course people could be listening to 
the first mm. time dads podcast <laughs> on their mobile phones. Yeah. And if you are doing that now, yes. please continue to listen to it. <laughs> yes. So we're, we're away off having a book deal. But then I suppose the if if somebody was talking about the benefits of the technological age we live in, yes. that you could perhaps suggest that there's now more access to stories of a different nature well, on different yes. platforms and different mm. things. You know, that children actually have access to all these things. I suppose it's it's more what exactly it's almost as you alluded to there it's almost more what are they watching and what are they well, listening yes. to yes. as you said if, you, if a child was listening to Beethoven absolutely uh, so uh, it, it's not quite as cut and dry mm. as no. one perhaps sometimes thinks yeah. I'm not sure I, 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 I'm so ignorant and so bad at all that sort of thing mm. I, I have a mobile phone um, and uh, I, I said, please, can I have one that does nothing but make calls? And they said, well, this one's got a torch. Is that all right? <laughs> Has the torch come in handy? Uh, not yet. I'm not quite sure how to work it. <laughs> yeah. It must be quite... When you, when you look back at your own childhood, perhaps... Yes. What is the single biggest difference you see now when you see when you're on the tube and you see children and the way children are today? Yes. What to you would be the single biggest difference between today's children and the children of of your your age? When well, the enormous difference mm. is that you never see a child without a grown up. Mm. Uh, we walk to school. We uh, in Paris. We went on the metro. Uh, so did everybody else. Um, the other day I was out and I saw a group of, I think, four boys aged about 10 and 11 on their own. And it was wonderful. Mm. You don't see that. Um, children mm. are always with someone. Mm. Um, Why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? Um... Well, I suppose some of it is because of the traffic, which is more threatening. Uh, but a lot of it is just uh, the way things are. I mean, uh, we used to drive our children to primary school uh, towards the end of their primary school. They went on the bus, but it wasn't very satisfactory because the bus never came. Uh, <laughs> Which is why we drove them. Mm. Um, buses are better now, but it uh, just seems to be something that, that's happened. I believe children in Germany still walk to school. Mm. Um, Do you think it's, um, you know, we know, we seem to, the world seems smaller in a way because we can access it very easily with transport and with technology. But it also seemed bigger because we know more about what's happening elsewhere. And it, is it yes. the fear that the adult has got I think so. of the world being this place that I can't manage? Yes. So therefore, I'm going to manage the child. Well, I think they do. Um, people have uh, tend to have only two children nowadays. Uh, when I was a child lots of families with four or five children mm -hmm. well you can't you can't manage that <laughs> yeah. uh, they yeah. just have to get on with it yeah. and uh, 
now it's uh, it's yeah, it's not wrong to say more precious child is no more precious than no. four or five year children were old child but um they weren't quite so much the center of everything yes they couldn't be mm. yes. um so in that sense, I mm. think. Yeah, well, and I guess it, our, it's changed. Our podcast is an example of that. Yes, absolutely. you know, fifty years ago, you wouldn't have had two middle-aged-ish men sat navel gazing at our own yeah, children, talking about our children. Uh, on but, the so maybe that's positive. Maybe that's a, a, a sign of a, a sign of change. Yeah. My goodness, that's the doorbell. <laughs> With, with remarkable timing, we were just coming to the end of our recording. and uh, I don't know whether it I is. I mean, I'm hoping it's a tiger. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> remarkable. Um, well, well, we'll let you know on a future podcast whether or not that was a tiger. Um, I'm presuming it's not. That, that would, it would have been lovely. Uh, <laughs> but yes. Uh, we have we have come to the end of our time. Thank you very much indeed, Judith. It's been um, it's been a real privilege to uh, to talk to you. It's been a real pleasure. Um, so thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having us in your house. Thank it's, you for the biscuits lovely. and the lovely, tea. Lovely to meet you. Yes, and, nice uh, to meet you. Uh, I don't know your boy's name. Jackson. Jackson. My little boy's called Jackson. Jackson. And, uh, and my boy's Ben. Ben. Oh, well, we know Ben. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how and, lovely. Well, I hope... I hope they thrive Thank and don't you wear much. you out too much <laughs> yeah. and that you go on enjoying them, Thank you which very one much. does, actually, I can guarantee. Well, that's reassuring to know. Yes. Yeah. No, it gets uh, more and more interesting, I think. Interesting so is good. it's fascinating at that age, too. Great. Interesting is good. No, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, as we mentioned before, don't forget, give HelloFresh a go. 50% off your first two boxes using the code DADS. Um, hellofresh.co.uk and we uh, we look forward to uh, well join join us next time for you know the weird and wonderful mysteries of first time dads (laughs) thanks very much bye